Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show, terrific show, tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And uh, happy birthday to our little show here. I know. Episode 52. 52 once a week for a full trip around the... uh, Around the sun, very proud of that. And joining to celebrate tonight, friends of the show, Andy and Chris Orski. Welcome, guys. What's up? Thanks for having us. It's uh, it's a pleasure. We were uh, we really enjoyed uh, going on your show, so it's it's good to have you guys here. We're happy to host you. Yeah, it's awesome. Nice Thanks, man. Nice to yeah. be here. Yeah, you guys were excellent on the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, plenty to talk about tonight. I want to catch up with what's going on in the Warski world because um, it's quite the what's dramatic what? world at this point in time. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that without getting us in trouble. That's really the objective. But uh, we'll, we'll get through that. Um, I do want to reminisce a little bit about just favorite moments from the last year for Blonde and I and worst moments uh, <laughs> for the show. Thinking about a year of doing this. So we will do that. Um, all this, all this Trump news, like every Trump leak and every Trump allegation has me entirely exhausted. And I think I speak for Blonde when I say that too. Um, they're all a bunch of buzzkill stories and I don't like them. The only one that I thought was interesting is a clip of Chris Cuomo on CNN talking about Russian collusion that I think is pretty representative of all of this Trump scandal stuff that's going on. So we'll talk about that. Um, additionally, bad week for perverts or uh, at least alleged perverts. Um, you got Anthony Weiner pleading guilty, so there's that. Plus, um, plus Roger Ailes has passed away, and there was a big reaction to his death. Uh, a lot of people kind of quasi-celebrating his death on Twitter, and that was criticized by a lot of people. Well, that's sick. You don't celebrate someone's death. I was kind of thinking about it. I think we're all a little bit hypocritical when it comes to that. So I want to sort out what's fair game when joking about and or celebrating the death of a person we'll talk about that plus i got an interview with uh, andy ngo who is um one of the or he's the he's the the journalist at portland state university who was fired by the student paper just for tweeting a video clip of a muslim speaker on campus talking about death or banishment for apostasy in uh, islamic states so that was pretty interesting. Did a video on that this week. Plus, of course, we will take your super chats in between. And I'm almost about to shut up, I swear. I go on and on and on. But I'm almost there. It will be all this and more on your favorite hour listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for uh, keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. 
thank you for emailing us. That is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Oh, okay. All through the all through the intro bit. Um, what do you want to do first? Do you want to reminisce about the year of the show, or should we let the Warskis hop in with all things Warski drama? If if you want to do year of the show first, <laughs> that's probably you know just like a, <laughs> there was there was a, a good day. There, you, there was um without revealing too much, there was spirited discussion before we went live about uh, about the Warski drama, but. <laughs> To, to address the year of the show first, um, I will say, speaking on, on uh, both on my behalf and Blonde's behalf, whether you're here for your first episode right now or the first stream that Blonde and I did a year ago, we really appreciate it. This show means a hell of a lot to us. And uh, personally, it is my honor to, uh, to enjoy Sunday nights with everybody and try to make sense of the world and make crappy jokes and Like this, this is, this, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I wish I had the sounder. Ha! Good. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, uh, that's all I can say is a sincere thank you to the audience. I don't know about you. Yeah, of course. I mean, what would we do on Sundays if we didn't have the show? I used to play video games. To watch The Walking Dead head out. Oh yeah. yeah, we decided to rival The Walking Dead time slot. We're like, that's a yeah, great idea. That was yeah, smart. That's, good that's okay. A lot of people dropped off on that show. I've dropped that's off true. too. Yeah, I lasted until like season five or six. And um, generally, like there were, there's too many safe characters, you know. Yeah, like, that's true. And there was a lot of social justice undertone going on. Like in this last season, there was like a community of badass women that are staying alive. I'm like bullshit. I'm like no way. <laughs> that's the first one to go. Come on. Let's yeah, I know. All of you guys would be dead. Okay. Real. In the um, <laughs> to stay on the the one year of the show topic, I do. Uh, I got a tweet from listener um, Michael uh, in Wisconsin who has been watching the show since like day one. Coincidentally, also shares a marriage a one year uh, marriage anniversary with our show. So congratulations oh, to him and his wife. That's very, very cool. adorable. Another item that I have to get through is we took some flack. Was it last week or the week before? Because uh, to uh, you guys, the Warskis, you probably know, you've heard the term Chatelet, right? And, and, yes, and the yes. meme. Do you know the origin of it, though? No. See, we didn't know where it came from either. And people were calling us, you know, out of the loop and old has-beens and stuff. And it turns <laughs> out that it's like some Italian band from the 70s or the 80s called Pepe. And they have a frog on their al- on their album art. And it's called, uh, and they have a song called Chatelet. And I received a request from Commander Keck to play Chatelet in celebration oh. of. Um, it all makes sense now. The, the, the soundtrack to one year celebration is Chatelet. And there's the, the pretty artwork too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's for Commander Keck. Uh, the only other thing I want to touch on for the one-year um, anniversary of the show is like favorite and worst moments from my perspective and Blonde's perspective. I'll be quick. Oh boy! My favorite moment for sure was hosting Dave Rubin because he is like a professional idol of mine, and I thought that that was he's like the easiest guy in the world to talk to. Uh, obviously, true. he does it for a living, and I just I I really enjoyed that hour. Worst moment: um, the Spino Show. I hated everything about it. Uh, uh, yeah. Not just because I am, full disclosure, not really a fan of his, but I didn't like how <laughs> I handled it. I don't think I structured it well. Um, and if I could do it over again, I would change a lot or not do it at all. 
But um, <laughs> it was interesting to me how my favorite moment and my most hated moment were kind of like stacked back to back because <laughs> it yeah. went from the high to the low low. <laughs> real fast, then, real fast. Yeah, but that's all I got. Um, I guess my favorite... I don't know. The RNC I thought was super fun um, for our listeners. That was the only time Skag and I have ever met. Yeah. And we had like a super fun weekend with my brother. And it was uh, it was just cool to like see all these people that I've only um, seen on YouTube and some people recognized us. It was just and we had fun at the Milo party. That was just a great time. We got lots of great footage. Um, worst moments. I got to say, I, I hate our interview with Styx Hexenhammer. Like, I huh. just I just hate it. Every time I think about well, it, it wasn't I cringe. An interview, really. I know, I but like I, I couldn't even rewatch it. I'm like, this is fucking garbage. Um, so that was probably the worst moment, and that changed the way we do interviews and have guests on our show because we did not utilize that time properly. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Sticks, and I just don't think it did it just did him justice. He'll be back. We'll give Sticks some more time. I don't think it was quite as disastrous as you might, but the point—it was the a point disaster. Is, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I mean it's our biggest show. It's our most successful show. That is not good. That's because people were just checking it out. <laughs> like, oh, I heard this show sucks. Let's go check out this interview. But it's this also is a total flop well, with we, sticks. No, I think you're being a little heavy-handed. But um, <laughs> we took some. We took some. Some. Um, some lessons out of that, I guess. And and you might notice we do a lot of separate interviews now. That's one of the reasons why is because. It just didn't jive that well. We want to separate out time yeah, with, um, yeah. with guests and, <laughs> and give it a proper format. So that's one reason why we're doing it. Anyway, speaking of giving guests a proper format, this is Worski <laughs> time. So I most of our audience is pretty familiar with you guys, but I want to give you guys plenty of time to talk about like what's going on in your channel. Um, I will leave it up to you whether yeah. you want to talk about all the drama and get yourselves in trouble, but I am a mere <laughs> um, spectator to that. Yeah. All right. Well, well. Uh, I mean, the gist of our channel is we we take you know news stories and certain you know YouTubers and and debunk them and bash them and we go, go pretty far. Now, we uh, got into a situation last night, and this is why I I, I learned a big lesson on my interviews. I don't uh, don't drink and stream is the, is the main Lane. thing. Official sponsor. And, yeah. <laughs> And also is that we jumped into uh, the uh, new Teal Deer video or the second newest one because the newest one's about us, <laughs> which feels fantastic. And um, but he basically had one moment in his video, uh, his second last video, where he bashed a few friends of ours. And including we thought it you was, blonde. yeah, including you blonde. <laughs> well, and we believed it was unfair. Now. I had only watched that one section of the video. So when we went into it, we started the video from the beginning. And since I was already emotionally charged and ready to like sink my teeth in, in dissect mode or whatever, I nitpicked absolutely everything. And it made no sense at, at a lot of points. And I did straw man him a bunch of times. And I, I woke up like after reading a bunch of comments People saying I fucked up. And at first I was like, no, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> More thought about it when I woke up and, you know, I was sober and, and clear headed. And so <laughs> I was like, damn. So I wrote like this big essay, basically, and an apology letter to him and made a video because uh, we did straw man him uh, on his video. And 
a lot of people are 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 happy with my apology and and you know like hey at least you're apologizing that's cool whatever some people are like oh you know you screwed up this is the last time or whatever and if they don't want to forgive me that's fine i didn't claim to be some sort of scholar academia hot you know like i'm just a guy who gives his opinion on on youtube and might have been out of my league um when talking about teal deer's video because a lot of the points i just jumped into it and i've learned a very valuable lesson watch the video sit on it think about it <laughs> we'll talk about it and then go in with an angle we just went in with guns blazing so to be clear yeah, for yeah. people who haven't watched it um what what was it about blonde specifically within a group that got everyone's jimmies rustled so people are okay. clear on that yeah well he he basically is talking about how Cer certain trends he's noticed uh on on the internet um he singled out the females for whatever reason he Stop. singled out a bit of brit roaming yes. millennial me and uh, uh, Casey Cringe, I think that's the other account, and then some, somebody else I can't remember. But um, just like screenshots of our of our channels and saying that like we're riding this anti-feminist wave and capitalizing on on it because of our looks and that none of our channels have any substance. Um, but oh, like w situated within the greater context, like I thought a lot of the stuff that he said about Lacey Green was true, and it made me reevaluate my own. Th I'm like maybe we shouldn't trust her at all <laughs> at that point though we were saying well it's not necessarily about trust it's just, are you willing to open up the dialogue that's that's what we were saying with the lacy point and yeah the other sure. point yeah <clears throat> then that's what whether or not you trust her that's gonna deter she's gonna determine that if we talk to her and then she goes back at her words that'll show uh in due time so right. that's what we're saying you still have to which one we're, we're trying to bridge the gap with that so if there's an opportunity we're gonna go for that yes um then the other half of that is you know we didn't feel that you know completely plastering just the females on this was the right thing. And his point was, oh, it's just data and observation I've noticed. Okay, right. well, you can apply that to even other people or other males if you want. Yeah, who but, have recently but, started. But if you're going to use the, the idea that, oh, that people are attractive, one, okay, that's going to happen. It's been happening in media since the fucking media's been around. So one, that's going to happen. It's really tough to stop. Um, and that's just that's just how it goes. So if you're going to discredit right. the way we interpret it, uh, if you're going to discredit um, someone's content like that, well, you know what? Call it a knee jerk reaction is what she did, and maybe it's all a little over emotional. But you know, if someone's going after your friends, you're going to jump in. That's that's the kind of yeah, person that I yeah. am. Maybe it was overreacted. Whatever we you want. We jumped in too soon. Yeah, we you jumped in too soon. Thought about. Yeah, you could. I've been white knighting for roaming millennial about this. Oh yeah, I'll, like, I'll white knight any day. She wasn't even showing her face that's, for like the first few months of her channel. I think I subscribed to her before I true. ever. Which seen is like her the world's face. greatest mystery. Yeah, that's like the world's greatest mystery of all time. Yeah, you did know? you see her on Crowder? He said like five times, like yeah, you he was pretty. He was pretty heavy. Yeah, he was. I was like, okay, I mean, I get it. Back off, Crowder, jeez. Yeah, you're a married man. Have some dignity here. Um, okay, so I don't. Um, do you have Do you have any more that you wanted to say on that block? Because I don't want to. I don't want to uh, emphasize well, this point wanna, too much, I, but I mean, go, if you've got more, go for it. But I just like angry I said, tweeted about it and then like slept on it. I know it's okay. <laughs> I just angry tweeted about it, and then and then I slept on it, and then I woke up and I was like, oh, I, I don't give a shit at all. Like I never watch this guy's channel, and I I just don't 
I just don't really care. This is not even the worst thing that's been said about me in the last like day for sure. I mean, yeah. for sure. Well, 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 like, like, like my final like thing with uh, this whole thing was he said in his 40 minute response video to our stream, um, he like he, he I, I apologize and, and made a video and he put the apology at like the 39 minute mark. So for did the he ever reply to you? I, you just made a response without replying to your reply, email and stuff. He didn't even reply to the like he put my email in the 40 minute That's mark. That's kind of weird. He hasn't even responded. Like I'll, at somebody least somebody called Keemstar. Well, well I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but at least just be like, hey man, like he forgave my apology in his video. Uh, in his video, at least just be like, "Hey, man, cool, thanks." Like that's all you have to do. So I, so I, when I saw that forty-minute response, did he even see my video until I saw the ending where he did put in, squeezed in the apology at the end? Um, and now, uh, like, it's our most popular Worski live ever. Yeah. Right now, so. oh, <laughs> I mean, well, here's the, the, that, well, there you great. go. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind. I still put out the offer. Would like to have him on a show, just a discussion and not even talk about that. Cause you know, if we fuck up, we fuck up. And that's the other thing we've already said before, we we're going to be wrong. We're going to make mistakes. There's no way you're going to go through this whole YouTube thing as often as we post without screwing up somewhere. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we are human. You want to judge us, go for it. We're still going to be here. We're still going to do our thing. And, and to uh, everyone who's saying yeah. you got pwned and like in the chat and and tweets and comments, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we got destroyed. Fair enough. This, now, now I like honestly, I could finally put myself in someone else's shoes that I've been doing the same thing for the past <laughs> few years, and it's intense and doesn't feel good. And I was just <laughs> like, holy, this is what happens when you don't use logic. God damn it! All right. <laughs> Well, speaking speaking of those people who you have um, quote unquote targeted, if you want to use that term, I want to get to that, and I want to get to speaking of roaming millennial, this vegan gain stuff that's coming up for you too. Before we do that, I want to make sure our super chat is accounted for. If um, if there have been, I want to make sure we're keeping up there. Do you have? Sure, we have Commander Keck. He gave us five dollars ah. and said, um, "Congrats Shout on away. a year." He was the thank one you, who made you. me, who insisted I play the the song. Oh, nice. Alex yeah. Sears gave us $2 and said my birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Alex Happy Sears. Happy birthday. Uh, Patrick Meredith, $5. Eh, Chris Cornell died. Um, he matters way more than pervert ales. All right. Okay, but this might play into it too. I mean, I don't know if people are... Um... I don't mean to diminish what happened with him. It's very sad, of course, but I don't, and I don't know if people are joking about that either, but I do want to get into that. Like, is it acceptable to make jokes about the semisonic guy? Is it acceptable to make jokes about ales? We'll, we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit. Um, and then the blonde um, ran gave us $5. Go pack go. And, that, and then we're ah, Why? Everyone's trolling me with this <laughs> Packers crap now. I don't want to get into that. I do want to get into, okay. Before we went live, you had mentioned you had a little bit of like new information on a particular adversary of yours. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk about that first? Or do you want to talk about vegan gains stuff first? Because that both are pretty interesting to me. Okay, uh, I guess let's do vegan gains because the the other thing is pretty freaking huge, and I I don't even know. I have to message some people like, what do I do? Like, how do I handle the situation? So maybe maybe you should gains. just chill. Yeah, on that for now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, so the vegan, the vegan gain stuff. My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. The backstory is like roaming millennial makes this video. You know, the TLDR of that to to reference our former 
guy here is that um, that vegan behavior is really annoying. She didn't really take on like the concept of veganism. Just vegan behavior is really annoying. And then vegan gains from my perspective went to demonstrate that conclusively by being the most annoying person ever in the history of YouTube from my perspective. And they had a debate that uh, to me, I couldn't finish it. I tried. I could not finish it. I thought it was, it was awful. So how do you, that that's where I left the story. How do you guys get into the story? How, and you have a debate. Well, is it tomorrow that's scheduled with this guy? Yes. Tomorrow at 6 PM on our channel. Great. Two days in a row of drama. <laughs> like, like you call Keemstar. Yeah. You usually yeah. wait a week or so before yeah, no. the next thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, but, but, uh, yeah, with that debate, uh, I think roaming where she went wrong in that debate, where is she was, she went off her topics on vegans are annoying and this is not how you should really talk to people who you might be able to change their mind. And that was the original point of her video. And then that debate ended up uh, turning into a nutrition thing. And yeah. I used to be vegan as well. And I understand it is incredibly healthy for you. This, if you're trying to debate like meat versus, I mean, it's very tough, by the way, you have to take B12, all the supplements, you have to eat like six times a day, giant meals that aren't flavorful. It's a terrible experience. And <laughs> honestly, uh, I, I believe, well, Chris and I pretty much did a mock <clears throat> debate. I used to be vegan. So I knew all the answers. So we had like a pretty rough debate where I pretend to, uh, I pretended to be vegan gains because I know all the counter arguments and it's a tough thing to, because all we're going to be really debating is, is it okay to kill animals for meat? Like the morality. Oh, so the, of, okay, the ethical standpoint. Yeah, we're at, uh, uh, strictly through the ethical thing because the okay. nutrition is going to be that's an uphill battle that talking to someone like him is going to be really tough to but i i hope to make it more of a discussion yeah. rather than a quote-unquote debate because there are things that you know theoretically the nutrition side and we'll get to that tomorrow it's very difficult to argue that i like i'm not gonna disagree with that because the science is there uh, but i feel like it's going to end in a stalemate because i'm not going to stop eating meat yeah, <laughs> and like, you know, yeah, what? Uh, like it's not going to convince me. So I hope it could be more of a discussion. And for his part, I just hope he's able to have that discussion without interrupting. Otherwise, it's just going to be, a, yeah. you know, what are we doing here then? Uh, he has the, uh, this um, guy, Ask Yourself, is going to be on. And that was a guy who was for you. First of all, he brought up the point. What is the difference between eating humans and animals? Oh boy. And I'm like, yell, I, I was donating to roaming. Like, this is the species culture. I don't think I made it that far. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, God. And, and yeah. then he told her to answer in one word. If you come on our show and say, we have to answer your question in one word, you're going to like be smacked. Like, no. Yeah. We, we, we're going to explain thoroughly. And I have many reasons why humans are different than animals, um, which we'll bring up tomorrow. And yeah. I'll be like, I'll hopefully, be laughing when they ask. It'll be a discussion of that and not a, a back and forth about the format of these questionings and you're interrupting. And I mean, and also, do you, do you guys way, have a moderator or are you just yes. Jeff Holiday? 
Oh, Jeff's going to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he will not be drinking as well. Also, <laughs> I, would, I would like to be, I would like to say that I was a vegan for a while. And one of the problem, uh, problems was within five months, I was like washing my hair all the time and hair was falling out. And then I would search online and then a lot of ex-vegans had this same issue. And it has to do with some sort of like amino uh, um, acids that we weren't getting into our system, which is hmm. very because you have to take a million supplements for and you have to eat every kind of a, a vegetable you can't just stick to one kind of, it has to be like a, a platter to get every amino acids that one piece of steak has and the moment i started eating meat my hair was fine it was more convenient it was easier so my ethical thing is it sucks to kill animals and i'm sorry that they suffer and we can hopefully fix that by minimizing the suffering of animals however if it's to make my life better, I will do it just well, like we're on a computer and on phones that are made by slaves in fucking- <laughs> where, where it gets really confusing for me, and I'm just throwing stuff at the wall here, but if, if there's no ethical difference between animals and humans from like a killing for food perspective, does that mean animal predators are unethical yes. in preying on other animals? Sons of bitches. Wait, he, uh, his defense, <laughs> be uh you're more intelligent than prey animals so i don't know man some of those wolves you ever watch them they're <laughs> they're pretty yeah. smart yeah, but we have the knowledge to know how to be vegan and and do it we have the information but doesn't Therefore, that inherently make us superior apex predators like the, yes. the most point. superior apex predator Good yeah, point. Like okay it. I don't want to get too far down the like yeah. vegan debate thing because I want to leave I want to leave time for some of the other topics and of course um, we're bearing the lead here which I, the, <laughs> the news that you teased to me I find very intriguing if you're comfortable talking about it yeah. about what else is big in Morsky <laughs> world alright so um, I'm mainly known for like my rival would be Francesca Ramsey. This is someone I've made probably over 30 videos about and have said not only debunked her points, but also threw in the spice of saying probably the most horrendous things you can ever say to a human person. And, you know, that's the And writing love songs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, I actually. So oh, trying to yeah. offset it with nice thing. No, yeah. 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 So uh, I had spoken to Lacey a few weeks ago and we're sort of getting into it. And uh, I brought up Francesca Ramsey and she found it interesting how I've made over 30 videos about her. And then randomly I get an email from Francesca Ramsey. And I was like, she's like, please don't tell anyone that that like I'm emailing you yet uh, until we talk or whatever. And we did some emails back and forth, which ended up just being giant, you know, novels of everything we ever wanted to say to each other. Like imagine <laughs> having the person that you fucking bashed constantly on email, and you finally have their email and they're going to read it. And you're just like, all right, where do I? So it was like this like, novel <laughs> back and forth. And then she tweeted me last night or two nights ago saying, Hey Andy, um, you know, I'm trying to write your, an email back to you. This is turning into another novel. I can't do this. Skype. And Ooh. I was like, all right. And then we, we planned it for today. So uh, in the morning or in the afternoon, rather, uh, I added her on Skype. And like, it was like, hi, hello. And I'm like, 
this is weird elephant in the room and she's like yeah more like 25 elephants in the room i'm like pretty much and then she's like, i'm gonna bite the bullet and she called me and then we talked for an hour and a half um which is uh <laughs> the most it was the most surreal uh thing i've ever i've ever experienced and i will be making an an expansive video on our conversation tomorrow because what? this oh, will follow up to her actually being on our show eventually Jeez. and we we will be meeting at vidcon and be doing a like live debate in front of people and this okay is just so so lacy green one francesca ramsey two Steve Shives is the ultimate prize for someone to claim. You get Steve Shives to talk <laughs> no, to? No, no. You've got to ask his woman's permission for that. Okay. There You'll are never many get ways, it. but <laughs> the person who does that is a legend. Maybe that's what I should start working on. Is she going to get red pilled? Is that what's happening here? No, no. See, see, Aww. see, here's, here's, here's my, my thought. Is she well, trying to do it with you? Is that what's happening? <laughs> of course. But that was like always. That was like since day one. No, and and by the way, uh, I did mention. So she she like a bulk of her. Uh, we debated on some of of the points we brought up, but her her main thing was like, yo, like you could debunk me and this and that, but you've said probably the worst things to me that anyone ever has has said. Uh, Not to you, about you, about you. About <laughs> And, you know, I joke around a lot and I have really dark humor, um, not racist, sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I've said a lot, of, you know, and it's all out of, I, I don't regret the jokes I've made and I told her that. I'm like, I don't regret the jokes I made because that's who I am as a person. You know, I did stand up a long time and, and all this bullshit. And so when I came into YouTube, my debunking style had that twang in it. So I did, I, but then she starts explaining to me about all the people that watch me that have messaged her. And she's talking for 20 minutes about what people have said to her. And I was just like, yo, like they're out of like, like death threats, um, you know, putting like a photoshops of, of a sniper on her or like her head on a hanged black person on a tree and constant things of that. People have sent stuff. How does she know that there is a result of you though? I will take a bro. I've made so many videos and there's so many views accumulated and I have definitely, I don't know. I don't know. It's not just me. It was sort of, she was venting to me about, like me and a bunch of people who constantly make videos about her sort of just our our way of of attacking her so it's just like a, a brunt of it and i and she understands that i'm not bringing those people over and i told her like i don't accept that like if i were to see any of that yeah, shit, we i would not how oh, you disavowed she got you to disavow well <laughs> she's got some pull on you you're getting soft Ooh. man no, no, but 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 here's where here's where the interesting act, uh, thing actually came out of it. Once I explained to her my mindset and why I make those jokes and apologize for hurting her feelings, I said, "You know what? This was the next step in what we've all been debating. Was mm -hmm. enough with these fucking you posting these fuck white people videos and then us responding to it. How about like you, uh, 
you you finally speak to one of us and then she says i'm i'm terrified of what's going to happen a lot of people are already questioning me just talking to you i was questioning lacy when she's talking to other people she pretty much explained that she's just terrified and i'm like if you talk to me you will get so much respect being thrown your way and not that people will agree with you because i don't agree with i told her i'm like i don't agree with anything and we went over you know white privilege and a bunch of these other things and i could tell as i'm explaining these things to her she's like huh yeah i didn't i didn't see it that way huh and my whole point with white privilege keeps saying white privilege uh i've had a shitty past i was abused I was fucking molested. I grew up with a horrific stutter. And then I had to take therapy for it. I didn't have friends for a long time. Started doing stand-up to get over this stuff. I've been working here. And you're telling people to believe that I am just me. Therefore, I I don't I didn't earn any of this. And she's the just way like, privilege cancels all that out, though. Isn't that how it works? That's an important point. Like we can't forget who Francesca and Lacey were. Like, I feel yes. like I was probably too soft in my video about this, but like they've done some real harm from a cultural perspective. They've been yes. touting very damaging political and ideological philosophies. Like they're dangerous women. I mean, I'm happy that they're, that they're willing to talk to us, but can we take a moment to like question the authenticity of their motives here? I think that it's just that they're just sick of every video they they put out just getting slammed and downvoted out the ass. And so they're like, oh, how can I appeal to a wider audience? I don't think they're like, maybe I was yes. wrong. And and that's probably, again, Jill Deere's kind of video with that. And uh, a lot of the community is feeling that way. But the question I pose is then if we're to make this somewhat better and open a dialogue, uh, you can have the skepticism. But what is that dialogue first going to look like then, given that each side have done their respective things, bad, however you want to call it, behave in certain ways. How do you open? What's that first dialogue? And that's going to send ripples through both sides because already like, oh, you're a traitor, this, that. How is that? So their authenticity, it's going to prove over time. But if you don't start somewhere, then it yeah, won't. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mentioned this in my video, but I'm not even sure if I give a shit if they're authentic. If social pressures are making them change their public perception and they feel like the walls are closing in on them, cool. I don't give a fuck if you mean it. I don't care. Always harshly <laughs> pragmatic. <laughs> do we yeah. do we have a um, kind of wrap this up and, and move on to some some other uh, items here? But do we have a have we advanced to get a date for this discussion or is it still just kind of in the general future? Do we have a oh. schedule here? Well, well, what she told me was she goes, can uh, so she's going to take three of my videos and I'm going to take three of her videos, any of our choice. And what we're going to do is uh, on Skype is watch them together. And without me calling her a cunt and saying, (laughs) (laughs) Andy, you call me AIDS all the time. I'm like, I know, I know what you're, what you're saying is AIDS. Okay. So, um, (laughs) So we're going to do that and we're going to give obviously a like a a point by point what we actually dislike about each other's arguments and then try and either find common ground or maybe change each other's minds but I don't see her changing my mind cuz I've I, like I could tell when I was explaining to her a bunch of stuff and how we think on on our side or whatever you want to say on the people who attack her is that 
like she d doesn't empathize with how we feel. Maybe we take it a little bit too rough on her, but, but that's for entertainment purposes. And she has to understand that, that we look at her like a figurehead. So you're not going to call her a cunt once. Why don't you have like a three cunt maximum? <laughs> three strikes. Know, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or I'll like cunt. Then I'll like, what? And I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. You should each just get a certain amount of insults to use throughout the time. So <laughs> yeah. That fair. yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, after we do that and we know each other's positions, we're going to have a discussion. This might be even next week. Oh, nice. okay. So, so a tight timeline. Like this is something we can look forward to soon. Two weeks and tomorrow is my video explaining our conversation in thorough detail. And I want people to understand. I understand that Lacey and her are not red pilled. That's an over exaggeration. Right. They're just open to talking. Yeah, right. I think we will red pill them, but it's going to be interesting to finally have them have to empathize with our response. Yeah. And that's the first step. You know, you got to confront the ideas. That's the, that's really the first step. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm optimistic. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm too soft on them too, but I'm fairly optimistic about this development. I think this is a positive thing rather than a negative thing. That's the yeah, way to yeah. look at it. I'm, I'm kind of on your side, Matt. I'm a little more optimistic about that. And people are going to be more skeptical or pessimistic, guys, which, which is fine. fine. But uh, I don't know. I've worked enough with mental health people to understand that deserve a chance and you know it doesn't always go that way i've worked it off too that it doesn't go that way i get like <laughs> we'll see time will tell yeah. time will tell um i hate to disrupt this but i have to catch up on super chat or we're gonna be doing it for like 10 minutes okay, good. Um, yeah because i want to move into the news items as well let's just just all right hi havoc gave us 20 dollars. great show tried the hot worski this weekend what what's the hot worski when you sit in the hot tub and you put your ass to the jet stream and let it and then it's like <laughs> Oh, oh man! Okay, Sounds like good. a health violation. Do that in your own private hot tub, yeah, not a public one. <laughs> Ryan gave us five dollars. Aaron Rodgers is the most handsome man ever. Say it, Skag. Oh, say it. Yeah. Well, for money. Oh man, that Aaron Rodgers and his rugged good looks. I, Go ahead. No, that's it. I'm leaving it there. I'm not going any further. Lucas Devlin once again gave us $14.88 as he does every show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lucas. And then he says, Faker's riding the female anti-social justice warrior money train. And then he lists everybody that Teal Deer listed. Thanks a lot. Okay. Except for me. Ayo. Um, but you're exempt. Okay. Well, that's very I'm nice. I'm exempt. All right. All yeah. right I'll do that. <laughs> Malcolm from the North, $5. You can't talk to Steve Shives without Mr. Steve Shives' permission. Um, miss I, or miss Steve Shots. It said Mr., but I think he meant miss. Um, yeah. Alex W. gave us $5. She's breaking the conditioning, sad about the talking past each other with te uh, Teal Deer. I enjoy both of your content. Andy got me into Matt. Constantine oh, the thanks. Mediocre gave us $5. If Lacey and Francesca got red pilled, does this mean will Alex Jones go SJW? Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, after this last crazy year, man, I'm not, uh, I, whatever. My mind is open to anything. I, I've learned not to consider anything off the table because yeah. crazier right? things are always on the horizon. Then we have Liberative. Oh. Hold on, two more. Liberative $5. Okay. If you're going to disavow the actual shitheads, they need to offer an apology for being terrible. That's true. We'll fucking apologize, guys. And then last one, uh, Rick Vardegon. Oh, I always fuck up his oh, yeah. name. Uh, gave us $10. He's uh, always great to us. Thank you so much. Here's Sablon's newest video about the degenerate nihilistic. Um, oops, I lost this. Nihilistic pop art and a tone can music. Artists, musicians, time to turn around and make America great again. And we just got one more. From Steve Blackman, love your and Andy and Chris show. Thank you all so yeah, much. Well, thank, thank you, you. guys. Woo. All right, let's, let's 
Okay, <laughs> it's time for the fake news uh, part of the show. You know, and we're the, the, we built this show on um, breaking down fake news, providing fake news. Uh, fake news is basically the brick and mortar of this production, as well as duct tape. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Of one course. year celebration of our fake news. <laughs> yes. So uh, one thing that has been tough for us, I think, because Blonde and I have spent plenty of time, like every Trump scandal that comes out or like Trump allegation, we have spent a, a good amount of time breaking down and getting into like we spent um on the comey firing what do we spend a half hour last week trying to figure out exactly what happened and i'm getting really wary of that and then this week like three more things came out i don't even know how many i lost track it's like he leaked don't you feel burnt out like yes and that's why i'm not going to do it this week and that's why i'm happy not to do it is because i can't keep track of them and for the most part as far as i can tell there's not a lot of evidence to substantiate a lot of the allegations are coming that are coming out so i was going to basically avoid it this week but I couldn't entirely because I this debate, if you want to call it a debate or discussion between uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN and Representative Sean Duffy, I think he's from Wisconsin. This basically summarized all the Trump scandal uh, for me um, for the Warskis. You guys haven't seen this clip yet, but the position of the congressman is like, OK, there are allegations against Trump. We don't have evidence. Let's be honest. We don't have evidence. So we can't substantiate it. And then Chris Cuomo's point is, well, you don't have evidence that we don't have evidence. You can't prove that it's not true. And this is, um, if, if we get through this, I've got a minute 30, cut it down to a minute 30. If we get through this without ripping our own faces off, I think we'll be uh, successful. But check this clip out. Just listen to this reasoning from Chris Cuomo. Okay. First of all, I hope that you would have the same perspective on so many members of your party who say that there's no evidence of collusion, because we both know as attorneys, it is naive at best to suggest we could know. We don't know what the FBI has or what they don't have. That's equally deceptive, don't you think? So, so again, I, I, I'm not buying into the fact that there was any collusion between uh, President Trump. But you and can't Russia. know whether no, there was no, or I, not. I That's my point. I, I, How do I, I you can't. know there was none? How do you know that there was? You can't know. You don't know so the, the proof. I agree with you, but you don't know that either. The cable news networks are, are you know, a flame of running stories about collusion between Trump and Russia, and you don't know, and I don't know that. Right, but it's equally what, what, wrong. If you don't like that people are artificially saying there was collusion. To say artificially that there was no collusion is equally wrong, right? You're not What's being wrong? better what? in that situation. So, You're being a manifestation of the same problem. And my point is, there's no evidence of collusion. What I do we don't know, know what the evidence is. Why so do you the, think so, you would so, know I, if there's I, evidence I, of collusion? Why would you know? What, what is the evidence? I, I, I haven't seen any evidence to that. Just because we don't know doesn't mean you should assume the negative. Just because we don't know. Doesn't mean you should assume the negative. Just think about that. I'll, I'll discuss that in a minute. But just because there's no evidence doesn't mean you should assume that it's not true. This is the point we're at. That it must not exist because I don't know about it yet. The investigation's ongoing. Isn't respecting the process, not speculating on what you know and what you don't. You guys make that point all the time. If there's evidence, I would love to come back and talk about that evidence. I think the news media and Democrats are jumping the gun and they're talking about impeachment, but no public evidence exists to that point right now. And I think that point should readily be made. Okay, this this is uh, this is where we are. This that current was state fucking of- incoherent. <laughs> that was hilarious. So we're gonna say stuff, right? And then if you can't prove that it's not, then you then you lose. Yeah, you don't have evidence either. It's just what is he talking about? 
Oh I love the start God. to where it's like, well, since we're both lawyers, we're familiar with this. How about the concept of presumption of innocence know, as a right? legal concept? Yeah. Generally, we don't proof. accept what about that. Yeah, right. We don't accept charges in the absence of evidence. That's <laughs> a fundamental uh, basis for our legal system. As oh, what would whatever. I know, though? I'm just a layman. I'm not a fancy lawyer like Chris Cuomo or Sean Duffy. Uh, so it's something of like, OK. Clearly, this happened, and he was. If if something gets found, then yeah, I, yeah. I I'd agree. But until then, yeah, you can't say anything. That's that's. Well, well, this is like uh, like a, a girl accusing a dude of rape, and then everyone being like, "Yep, you no, you raped her." But I mean, you don't have any evidence that like otherwise. It's the same. It's accusing anyone of of stealing, or and then it's like, "But do you have evidence?" No, but you don't have evidence. That I don't have evidence. Yeah, the, the, you didn't. Right. So, yeah. And the logical problem is you can use that reasoning to support any accusation under the sun, to your point. Make up anything you want and say, well, you can't prove it didn't happen. And therefore, we have <laughs> no, to be wait, equally wait, open wait. to it happening or not. Hang on, Matt. You can't prove that, what you just said, though. You <laughs> no. don't have evidence of that. So I don't know what you're even talking about. I mean, about. what would it look like? I wonder what Chris Cuomo would consider to be adequate evidence of it not happening. Like, you would have to prove that Trump never... You'd have to prove that, like, Trump has never heard of Russia. That previously, <laughs> right, he right. never knew that Russia was a thing. We already know that they're going to take, like, basic communication, essential communication that we have to have with diplomats in Russia and say that that's collusion. It's like, you know, we have to talk to these people sometimes. They're, like, huge players on the world stage. We can't just not talk to any Russians ever again. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they want? Speaks to Putin for a second. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, him and Putin are planning something. And we're like, What? <laughs> like, tell us what exactly did yeah. he do? It, um, wasn't there that he did admit to saying some um, important information that should have been under wraps? That was one of the about ISIS. Well, that was one of the yeah, scandals of so the week was allegedly leaking confidential or classified material to the Russians in a meeting right? at the White House. But I, I heard Tucker explain it. It wasn't actually illegal what he did. He can no. choose whether or not this was information that was necessary to give to the Russians. But we're oh. supposed to be allied with them in defeating ISIS. So giving them information about ISIS, I find that very inoffensive. Plus, the information was weird. The reports I saw, and I'm, I haven't read too much into this, but the reports I saw said it was information about ISIS's intent to board aircraft with like laptop bombs. But if you've ever flown, like you have to take your laptop out of the the thing and uh, out of your pack yeah, and put it in the bin and it goes through the scanner. Like laptops are very heavily scrutinized. So it seemed like a weird, doesn't seem like a weak point in our security system. You know, shoe yeah. bombs and laptop bombs are accounted for. It's something more <laughs> creative that you'd have to think of. Yeah, they're all out of ideas. Every time they do anything, I'm like, wow, ISIS, yeah, they do was, not have their shit together. I was going to say the last, the, before the Russia thing, it was two scoops of ice cream. Yeah. And oh, so, like, oh, no, don't bring like, that up. I'm, that <laughs> that horrible thing Trump did. It's what can you expect? Like the CNN runs so, again, they run daily too. So what else are they going to cover? Right. And now it's in this middle grounds of the investigation is going on. What do you expect them to do? Right. So that's where the whole well, fake news comes from. Well, there was one funny thing where Trump last year in September uh, tweeted about Hillary uh, touching the orb, I believe, in Saudi Arabia, you know, like that. Oh, holy... yeah. Yeah. And now there's a picture that came out today of him holding the orb. And it's just a tweet side by side with him doing the exact same thing. And I think there was <laughs> so, some word out today of like Saudi perfect. intention to make a big donation to Ivanka's foundation. Or charitable foundation. I mean, we we have we're seeing a lot of um, 
Oh no! Democracy, kind of. Uh, you know, I didn't double know standards. that. Did you read I that don't, today? Yeah, I read it today, and I kind of just headline glanced at it, so it might be false. Um, I will say this before we we move on from this topic too. In the event that like proof of Russian collusion comes out, you want to take this clip and be like, "Oh, look how wrong they were." No, no, I, I, you made the point earlier. I am happy to see the evidence, and once the evidence yeah. is there, fully on board. It's just. You can't make these ridiculous claims wait, in the absence. Wait, someone said that was a fake tweet, the orb thing. Was that fake? I saw a oh, picture. I, don't know. I mean, I saw the picture, I saw picture of Trump. I saw was a it picture of him. Yeah, I saw, I saw a picture of him with the orb today. Is that a, okay, I'm going to have to double check if that was fake. I mean, we, we might be if fake was, news. It wouldn't be the first time. But if I was, <laughs> Childer can make a 40-minute video about how I'm wrong. It was 46 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sorry. You know what? Make it 50. Make it even. I, I like the even number. I'm OCD. Okay. <laughs> I want to leave plenty of time to talk about... Um, well, I want to talk about Anthony Weiner, and I want to talk about kind of mocking death but first we'll talk about anthony weiner <laughs> weird topics yeah that's the way the show good lord way the show goes but so anthony, anthony weiner pleads guilty this week specifically he pled guilty to sending um obscenity or sexually explicit pictures to a minor who was 15 at the time and this is a federal charge apparently part of the plea deal he's going to be sentenced in september and face probably about two years in prison he has to register as a sex offender um, he has to surrender his iPhone as part of the, <laughs> oh, no. of the plea deal. I don't know if it's just the one he sexted on or all iPhones. <laughs> I, 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 the one in the plea agreement, it says, no, you have to surrender this iPhone serial number, blah, blah, blah. So he just can't have that one. He can't have the, the, you can the have a different spe- iPhone. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm not really sure how this works, but, um, there are a few different angles on this story that I think are relevant. One, um, is that remember, so this is a lot of this, Anthony Weiner could potentially be the reason Trump is president. I mean, Anthony Weiner's laptop and Huma, his wife at the time, um, Huma Abedin emailing Hillary Clinton and potentially classified information, that, that was the nature of why Jim Comey came out on October 28th and said, we're reopening the investigation and put a lot of doubt in people's mind. I said at the time, is Carlos Danger, his, his alter ego for sexting, is Carlos Danger gonna save America? Lo and behold, Carlos Danger, debate whether he saved America, but he's part of the reason Hillary isn't president. That's very interesting. And then another thing, another interesting takeaway that I, I think is really interesting on this story is that you'll have, you remember that this is an ongoing, the Anthony Weiner sexting stuff is not just this one 15 year old girl. It goes back a long time. And the person who was actually really um, pushing the story way back when is the late Andrew Breitbart. Now, I'm not going to make a case that like Andrew Breitbart was some demigod or something, but it's interesting to look back and see the way that his reporting at the time was greeted and how wrong a lot of his critics were. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't play these clips to suggest that Andrew Breitbart himself was never wrong, but I just think it's interesting to look at a case where people don't take his claims. They don't take his claims about Anthony Weiner. They just say, oh, well, that guy's not credible. That guy's this, that guy's that. And they just smear him on his character Lo and behold, here we are, what, two, three, four years later, Anthony, uh, Anthony, Andrew Breitbart's not here for the vindication, but some of these clips here are very interesting retrospectively. Here's uh, some of that. It's from the uh, these are of- clips from the documentary I have not seen, but it's called Hating Breitbart. It's a few years old. It came out a little bit after his death in 2012. Being called racist and sexist and homophobic and a liar and a racist and a selective editor when I don't have editing equipment, you know, 
uh, it's it just it starts to add up and and the think that I was going to have hacker added to it. Congressman Weiner says that his account <laughs> was hacked that this was a prank. So I have to ask you since you were first to break the news on your website, how did you find out about this? I was checking my Twitter account and somebody sent me the retweet. I clicked on it, saw that it was coming from uh, Congressman Weiner's account. CNN puts this Breitbart guy on and says the most outlandish thing about complete innocent people. He's been monitoring relationships that Congressman Weiner has been having with women. I'm not saying what type of relationships. Girls that are quite young. Girls, girls that are quite young. What Andrew Breitbart was insinuating about him with young girls and stuff is outrageous. And frankly, it's too bad that he got to say that stuff on CNN. <laughs> this person who's been so discredited so many times as such a serial manipulator of the media is allowed to just come on and spout off like that. The person who has been pushing this story the most is Andrew Breitbart, who has been consistently inaccurate in portraying Democrats, members of the Obama administration, just interesting to think about, you know, anytime people smear on personality. Anyway, sorry. I just want to take this moment to point out that in 2000, I believe it was 2011. What year did he die? Breitbart not, died in 2012, early 2012. I, it was in 2011, I think, but he tweeted that John Podesta is a pedophile. He tweeted this. <laughs> he was okay. the lord of the pizza gate. <laughs> Has that ever been confirmed, though, about Podesta? I mean, is that? No. It's just, oh, it's, it's part of the. I mean, you don't have any evidence that it didn't happen. Right. Right. Trying to imply here. (laughs) So that's an awesome argument. I'm using it all the time. Yeah. It is every time. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I mean, that's that's what's. I I really do find that interesting, and I try to. I'm going to try not to do that myself. And people people ask. I think Blonde and I get this question a lot. Maybe you guys do too. They're like, what, what news sources do you trust? What are the ones that you go to that you trust? And certainly there are some that are I, I trust more than others. But the reality is you never want to judge a story as true or false based on the messenger. And Breitbart, right. they're, they're judging this story at the time based on Breitbart as the messenger when, in fact, pretty much came out to be, as I understand it, 100% true. Now, he might be wrong some of the time, but you got to look at the story and the facts that pertain to the story as opposed to the guy telling you. Yeah, that's true. And anybody that's answering that question and they're doing their homework, they should be combining aggregates. That's how you get the best the best information. Like I, I read Breitbart and everything like that, but mostly I just go to like Drudge Report, you know, Real Clear Politics, and I kind of see what's true between all of them. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. You always look at. I always also look at even like liberal sources. Yeah. Of extreme conservative sources, I'll read both versions of the story and then independent sources and sort of come up with my own what I I think it all adds up to because it's hard to trust yeah. anyone. To be honest, I can't think of one news source that I trust completely. Yeah, it's all sketchy. Like like you always like I, I read a story now and I'm like apprehensive. Is this like I don't even want to talk about this right now? Like your uh, reaction to this allegations on Trump? It's People are, oh, impeached. He's going to be impeached. Do you know how hard it is to be impeached? Oh, I know. They're so excited, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they they think it's next week. They're like, oh, next week. A lot of different levels and charges you have to go through. And then you have to, like, be approved by so many people. The Senate. The Senate, everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never going to happen with this Congress, unless he did something incredibly awful. But Yeah. um, yeah. We have Bering and Anthony Brian Logan in the chat right now. Oh, hey, excellent. Well, uh, do, um, 
everywhere today. Yeah. <laughs> bearing just said bearing, America's most trusted news source. Bullshit bearing. <laughs> well, it's not it's not hard to be more trusted than this show. I mean, get, come on. If that's all you're claiming, Quit you're not disparaging our show. It's our one year anniversary. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm sorry, I'm ruining our anniversary dinner. This is sorry. this is so like me. This is why I have a questionable track record with women. Um, okay. I wanna I wanna close the show talking about mockery of death but before we do i want to make sure we're, we're um caught up on super chat no we're not we got like a million super chats now people are talking to each other with super chat keep doing that guys okay. are, can can we do our best to to like acknowledge sincere questions or can we i want to make sure people are um, i mean do you want me to just, read them all or do you just want me to skip what do, we, what do you want me to do how many you got like 10 Okay, yeah, let's. We can do it. All right, fire. Jeremiah, two dollars. Happy one year of shows. Thank you, the Beggar Hero. Five dollars. Remember my words. This is all just a big fire to get Trump on the news. This is all a big interdimensional checkers game. Uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, Stan Kanopka, two dollars. Thank you, Stan. Uh, mainstream media and Dems will never accept Trump has no ties. He's probably right about that. Susan Anderson, five dollars. Seth Rich, uh, that is something to be looked into more. I agree. Uh, David Hume, ten dollars. Christopher Hitchens started as a socialist. Stefan Molyneux was a statist. Donald Trump was in the Reform Party. Politics evolves. Should we be looking for apologies or openness? Um, I like that. That's my that's, that's my favorite one of the and week. And Liberative responded to him, five dollars. Hume, openness starts with the apologies for being shitty between people. Okay. Well, there you go. Touche. Um, There's the rebuttal. Joel Dykeman, $5. Trump is already guilty in the court of public opinion. Concepts like burden of proof or innocent and proven guilty are irrelevant. I, I can't. That... Well, he might, he, might be, he might be right as far as the consequence. Opinion, yeah. He's talking about the consequence rather than whether it's right or not, I think. Steven Suarez gave us $5. Did you all know Anthony Weiner was in a movie with Ann Coulter? Um, was it his documentary? Was Ann Coulter in that? No, I never saw his documentary, and it's out of date now because it's not caught it. up with all his um. It's not caught up with all his transgressions. I don't you think. See some like real relationship dysfunction. It's it's excellent. Him and him and Huma. Oh yeah, it's bad. Malcolm okay. from the North, five more dollars. Anthony Weiner, a man who got so much trouble and never actually got any action out of it. Bill Clinton must be laughing with his feet. <laughs> And last one, B-Movie Paul, $5. Matt, thanks for chatting on my show this week. It was fun. Question, is propaganda based on not enough info or too much fake info? Praise CAC. Oh, boy. That's, uh, I don't know that we have time to, that's that's a meaty question. We should save that for Wednesday. I can we, drop yeah, it. can we do that? Can we take a rain check for Wednesday and we'll, we'll yeah, address I'll it Wednesday? I'll drop it in the show notes right now. Okay. Sorry to, sorry to defer it, but... Um... We're running out of time. And I, I really, the, the last question I want to get to, because I don't have an opinion on this. I just kind of want to allow you guys to chime in on it and maybe it'll clarify it for me. Because the story I saw is from the Daily Caller. And so Roger Ailes, who, was he the, was he a founder or whatever his role was in leadership at Fox? Like the guy who ran mm -hmm. Fox News. And of course, John got, Hannity's mentor and a number of other men like him. Yeah. And he was taken down last summer for sexual harassment allegations and char well i don't know that any of were any of them ever conclusively proven he did a bunch of settlements and it's Not basically accepted knowledge. but it's I basically mean. accepted that he was a, a serial harasser i mean in the court of public opinion was he like an old man butt grabber that that's just yeah. a different kind of harassment <laughs> he probably grabbed yeah. a few asses i can't prove that he didn't grab any asses and that's sufficient <laughs> so he dies this week and of course he made a lot of political enemies and people don't like Fox news. And they think it's been a force for negativity and just awfulness in society in general. And there's countless tweets of reaction from left-leaning journalists and others who, you know, are making jokes about Roger Ailes death or even saying like, um, you know, on, 
on the plus side, he's dead now. Like Roger Ailes was an evil man who made the world dramatically worse place. On the bright side, he's dead now. I mean, that's pretty much celebrating his death. And there was a lot of outrage on Twitter about this. Like, how dare you? You're sick. You're celebrating the death of a man with a family. And when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, that is kind of messed up. But then I thought, oh, but I'm pretty sure I've done something similar when people whose ideas I really don't like or people I consider to be scumbags for actions X, Y, and Z have died. Am I a hypocrite or is there like, what is the line on celebrating oh, on. or joking about If you're death? saying you've never delighted in the death of an evil person, you're a fucking liar. Every single yeah. one of us that's, has. I mean, that's the on. realization think, I had. Uh, well, uh, do you think he was evil enough? That no, it, no, no. Yeah. It was just like a report, but, but here's the thing is I, 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 I know how you feel Matt where it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't, like I feel weird about it. You're not see he, like here's how I see it. You can make any joke ever that you want at whatever time, and sure. it can be really distasteful. Uh, I think it's all relative to the person saying the joke and the people listening to the joke. Meaning, if I do think someone's a piece of a trash, and then I'm like they died and make a little joke, a small cracker, a meme, it will offend some people, but it wouldn't offend me for saying that but again there are some people who die and people make jokes i'm like i wouldn't make a joke about that but i'm not about to moral police them because i have said distasteful jokes at really bad times yeah. and yeah, i think but I... he was just some handsy old man he wasn't a fucking dictator or anything like that like when fidel yeah. Cap, we were just talking about this before the show but like when fidel castor died i definitely I was pretty satisfied. We were like having a party over here. And I remember <sighs> making a tweet about um, dancing on Ted Kennedy's grave when he died. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, he let some woman uh, drown. Yeah, he did. He is responsible for the death of a person. He is. Yeah, that guy is fucking monstrous. And so when he died, I was like, oh, yeah, none of us escape it. Yeah. And, and to be clear, just so audience understands my perspective, of course, I'm not saying any of this from like a legal free speech perspective. Say whatever you want. And, and I I. Um, respect a lot of what Andrew has to say where it's like, I'm not going to go telling people they can't tweet certain things. I think my question is like, do you, do you, what are the standards for like being a good person? But that's yeah. the morality question, right? I don't, yeah, but I hate I think, moral policing. Like you were saying, I, I know. I well, hate, that's, yeah. That's why to me, like I could find it distasteful. People made like nine 11 jokes, like right away. Uh, you could say it's distasteful, but, that's about it. If you try and morally police someone, I'm like, yeah. there's too many people in this world that are going to have different opinions. So, and if you're just a joke, I know that whole the adage of, Oh, it's just a joke. It doesn't cause any harm, yeah, but people are going to say things no matter what you do. But so trying to police that kind of seems useless. And I don't yeah. know, you just either participate in it or you don't. Well, yeah. and also again, it's fair game for someone to be like, yeah. wow, you went, way over the line on that one and be offended. Well, if I feel like right, the left, they're worse offenders than people on the right. I've got to say, like, do you remember when Phyllis Schlafly died? Like, it was like yeah. tweets yeah. for days. Everybody was like, oh, I'm glad this old hag bitch is dead. I'm like, you are seriously laughing because an old woman with five children just died. Are you like, are you kidding me? Like, what were her there is crimes some outside of here. like traditionalism? I I'm unclear on her. That's pretty much it. Yeah. She well, was not like, a, I mean, there are, in, in the case of Roger Ailes, there are like actual offenses to speak of, allegedly. She was but just she a traditionalist have... and an, and an anti-feminist, and she okay. like walked the walk. She had like five kids, and 
you know, she she was a good woman. She was just some some old lady. And the left, they were just so thrilled when she died. Well, that's what's weird really to me too. Is there is like, I'm not saying that they're morally wrong in doing this. Make whatever make whatever jokes you want. I guess it does seem weird to me that you have like such an obsession with a guy like this that you kind of want to. I mean, um, in another world, let's say like Ariana Huffington was accused of sexual harassment. Like Ariana Huffington, left leaning like media mogul, and was also accused of like sexually harassing some of her male employees or something similar. I don't know that I would care enough to go on Twitter and like celebrate her death. To me, it's just like a weird fixation or a level of hatred that is sort of strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I would. I don't know. I, yeah, I, might. I might make a joke. Who knows? I mean, I see that like it's it's hard to balance that moral between the joke. And I, I think there is no right answer. Yeah. You're going to feel however you feel when you hear it. Like. Like blonde, you you were just saying she's an old lady, but there's some people who are like, "Fuck it, she's an old lady." That makes it funnier, actually. <laughs> that she was old until no. she's dead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. Oh, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't mind saying horrific jokes. I don't. That's why I can't like judge anyone for anything. I don't know. Saying. I just think too, if we're going to talk about the idea of death, like you know what, death is present. It is a thing. I wish and... it was present for you. Awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, 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 so that wouldn't be a joke. It'd be like, oh. But I, see, this is my thing. I'll, I'll use myself as the I don't death. have to split the YouTube check anymore. I'll do, I'll do, there you go. There you go, buddy. I'll give it all to you. Uh, that's, that's I don't know. If I'm if I'm dead, like for me personally, like I don't care whatever happens to my body afterwards. I, I'm dead. So people are going to make fun, do jokes, whatever. And then after you're done the jokes, sun's going to go around again. And then life's just going to continue. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And I think trying to morally police that. Yeah. It, it's like, whatever. Either make your joke or don't. But to get outraged that someone else for making a joke is just, you're not going to win. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, no, yeah. Okay. Because okay, I, I, I looked at these stories and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really on board with this. You guys have kind of convinced me to where I'm just going to avoid the moral policing in general. So you yeah. know what? Be a scumbag and I will either look at it and laugh or I'll be like, ah, that's too far for me. And I'm going to go look at something else or fuck off and do whatever I want. Someone so, just yeah. died. I'm happy right now. <laughs> your, your, your one year anniversary. That's great. Yeah. Okay. We'll, um... <laughs> We'll uh, we'll wrap it up shortly here. I want to make sure we're um, caught up on super chat before we get out. We got a few more. Um, unconventional gave us five dollars. You just accepted a donation from the foreign government of Kekistan. Congratulations okay. on one year. Thank you, sir. Miss Levelet, ten dollars. Oh, Lacey Green and Francesca Ra- Ramsey are the succubus whores of MTV. Don't believe them, Andy. <laughs> Don't let the little head do the thinking for you. Congrats on oh, a full boy. year. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Levelet, as usual. Oh, boy. Thanks. Five Hamilton, ten dollars. Um, hi all, happy one year. Glad to be here with you. Worskis, when I told my father about Canada's pronouns laws, he stopped, looked very confused, and said, "Are you sure that wasn't fake news?" (laughs) And last one, your boy Easy, five dollars. Making jokes is fine, but being genuinely happy that someone is dead is kind of fucked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then now we're caught up. Can't morally police that though. You could say it's fucked, but I mean, you, you could can, morally you, police you, it. I, you could try, but you're gonna get nowhere. You're gonna get an argument, and then it's just gonna end with nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, any closing thoughts uh, before we wrap it up? 
thank you so much for coming on, guys. Fun discussion, okay. as always. I don't think we're going to get in two. We're not going to have more than, like, five response videos when we wake up Good. tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think I've apologized enough for what happened last night. Again, last time, I'm sorry. Are you happy? Oh, yeah. Well, I got, I got to give him the honor. I didn't give him the honor, actually. This is a tradition. You are fake news. Very fake news. You get that honor. Very fake news from oh. the Morse <laughs> We are. Yeah. yeah. But yesterday, I'm embarrassed. Believe me. Oh, Karen Strong, you know her? Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. She destroyed me. And then I'm like, I made an apology. Oh. Okay. And then she made like another response. And she'd be nice. And she's, um, I responded back like, yeah. You oh, know. did she make a video to you? No, no. Just a response on the stream. And then oh. I replied to I made an apology, like Teal Deer should have explained that in the start of his video, maybe. And then she saw it and then she went like, all right, I went too hard on you, but here's what I think. And I agreed with her and I was like, cool, thanks. And I'm a fan. So yeah, yeah Karen's smart. great. Karen's very nice. We should have her uh, at some point. Yeah. She's intellectually intimidating. She's just way smarter than I am. I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah, I'll add her to the list of potential replacements. Roaming Millennial, <laughs> Karen it. Strawn. Uh, yeah, I've got a list going for when Blonde gets fired. Seriously, <laughs> Matt is jonesing to replace me with Roaming Millennial. He wouldn't have changed the title of the show. Everything could just go yeah, on. Yeah, I can carry over everything. I, we were I will kill both of you in your sleep if you do that. <laughs> we were joking because she's like, oh, I'm... I'm I guess I'm breaking news, but oh, I'm getting married and we're 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 going on a trip in September, so I won't be able to do the show this date. And I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just give Rowing Millennials a sub for you at that at that date, and then um, and that'll kind of start the the demand will be so high I'll have no choice but to just leave that as the status quo. God, you are such a piece of shit. <laughs> you trade in your first wife for a younger model. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm uh, not going to be blue pilled. No, my, my, I've told Francesca and Lacey exactly how I feel about their thoughts, and I was not being nice about it, and I will not be nice about it. And I will throw only hard balls. Okay. Balls. <laughs> oh, you heard it from Andy Morris. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Before this devolves any further, I'm going to get out of here. Um, <laughs> but uh, those are our guests, uh, Andy and Chris Worski. Find their links in the description, their YouTube channels, their Twitter handles. Give them some support. They've been great to us, and they were great guests. Um, and I'm sure we'll be – I hope to be back on your show, and I hope you'll come back to our show. Yeah. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks, And um, I've got an interview with Andy Ngo, the Portland State University journalist, coming up next. He was fired just for tweeting a quote from a Muslim student. We'll figure out exactly what's going on there. Uh, thanks, as always, to our super chatters, live chatters, live viewers keeping us honest while we try to present some semblance of the truth and the news um, with varying degrees of success. If you're listening <laughs> on YouTube or in an audio platform on demand later, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more on the show on the audio platforms. Google Play, iTunes, wherever you find your podcast, linked in the description. We'll be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday... Sorry, Chuck Todd's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. Andy Ngo, next. See you later.
welcome back. I am very happy to host this guy. My guest this evening is Andy Nyo. I should have asked you how to pronounce it. I mentioned it in the video. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I know I can't pronounce that name well. It's pronounced no. Oh, so, <laughs> so here's the thing is I, when I was putting the video together, I went I, online. I was like, how do I pronounce this last name? And I saw a video that said, oh, you just say it like, no. And then everyone in the comments was raging saying, that is wrong. That is incorrect. You need to say it like wrong, like with the NG sound. Oh, like, no. You know, actually, actually, I didn't think that you would put that much care into pronunciation of a, <laughs> of a, a Vietnamese name, but that is actually correct. The NG sound is a sound um, that is, it's not in the beginning, it's not in a, the English language at the beginning of words. Okay. So yeah, the the correct way to say it would be no, but um, that can be difficult for English speakers. Okay. So okay. I just say no to keep things simple. Well, that makes it easier for me too. That's why I went with Andy. So I hope Andy is okay. <laughs> it absolutely is. Oh, Thank you. Okay. So Andy, you um, I put together a video. I uploaded it today. We're taping this on Wednesday night. Um, you are now the former multimedia editor at the Vanguard, correct? And that's the student newspaper at Portland State University. Yes. Okay. And um, just, and and so I'm going to let you kind of explain, I'm sure you've explained it a million times and you're probably sick of it, but I'll let you explain what exactly happened to you so that it's correct. And I also want to say if there's anything that I didn't get quite correctly in my presentation of it, you know, do correct me or do clarify, but you have found yourself at the center of a controversy for being let go from your position at the student paper at PSU for one tweet, one tweet, right? Um, and and I just I would like to hear it, you know, from you. You wrote a big piece in the in the National Review, but what exactly happened, and why are you no longer with the paper anymore? On April 26th, I attended a public interfaith event on campus. It was organized by administrators and students. It was called Unpacking um, Misconceptions. And there were six panelists there. I was not on assignment for Vanguard. I came out of my own interest and also to support one of the panelists. Um, for most of the event, it was uncontroversial um, and rather uninteresting, really. Most people um, speaking on the panel, which is going through kind of um, what they perceive as media, um, how the media perpetuates certain misconceptions about their religion. And you outlined some of it in your video. Uh, things became interesting to me um, during the Q&A session. There was a student in the audience who asked the Muslim panelists, about um, Quran 532, because he had referred to it earlier in his um, when he spoke. Okay. And that verse summarized says um, that taking one life is akin, killing one person is akin to killing all of humanity. And she said that it was in her understanding that that verse actually excludes infidels. That was the word she used. And um, so he started answering. This is when I started recording. Mm -hmm. And then the, that segment now, that infamous 40 seconds was what I shared on my personal Twitter. Uh, later on that night, I shared the extended version of the video, which included um, a reaction from somebody in the audience. Um, that evening, I sent it immediately to the editor-in-chief, as well as to the Vanguard reporter who was covering the event. Um, I 
genuinely found it an interesting uh, part of the event. And I thought that for the reporter, he could include that part in his report and also to elaborate on it. Mm -hmm. um, there was no outrage expressed by either one of them that night. Four days later, it came to our connect collective knowledge that Breitbart had written a report and they used my dun, tweets. Dun, dun. Right. <laughs> the devil himself, Darth Vader, used your tweet. Yeah. So that's when uh, I was called into an emergency meeting on April 30th and they pulled up the Breitbart article on the, um, on the computer and they read from it. There was three people in the meeting, uh, four if you include myself, and it was there that um, the editor-in-chief used some very hurtful adjectives to describe me. Um, mm. She said I was predatory and reckless against a, a member of our community. She genuinely believed that I had um, uh, ill intent towards the Muslim panelists, that I was intentionally trying to target him, and that he was at, signif at signif significant risk now, as well as his family. And um, then each person uh, went through what they thought I did was wrong. They listed, they said that I left out important contexts. Um, for me, I was trying to understand what was the context that was left out. Yeah, that, that made that's one my... thing I'd like to ask you about. Um, but if you have an idea, please do share. Or maybe you don't. Maybe the context is just missing. The content went back and forth in the meeting. They said ultimately one important context was that um, not all the panelists were experts. And okay. then the next day, so I was fired from that meeting. They wanted me right. out of that office. Um, they did grant me one extra day for me to at least go and get my boxes. Okay. And, and to uh, be clear, this was not like... This was just a clean firing. This was not like, hey, here's maybe a, a action plan to improve, or here's what we did. Here's what we think you did wrong, and you should. Th there wasn't a deal in place. This was just like, pack your stuff, get out of here. Is that yes. correct? Okay. Yes, and I was completely blindsided. It, every uh, the meeting moved by very fast, and um, I mean, by the end of the fifteen minutes, it was clear, uh, get out. Which is which is crazy to me because a lot of people have seen your tweet, and you mentioned the the video that you share. And I want to be clear with people too. Based on that reaction, you would think that you shared a video clip and said something to the effect of like, "Wow, look at this terrible guy. Let's all get him, or let's all something to like call to action against him, or something strange." What you said, I don't remember exactly, was something to the effect of, "Hey." this guy speaking the, the the muslim speaker at the at the panel said this he said this about death or banishment for apostasy to me there was no opinion in your tweet there was no one of the things that she got into i want to talk about some of the reasons that she offers for for your termination but one thing that she says that i recall that this just bugged me is she said that you implied that the speaker had endorsed the action he was describing but nowhere in your tweet is there such an implication and and or at least any more than the speaker himself gave. I mean, were you allowed to react to that allegation or any of the allegations? Like, how do you feel about them saying, oh, you implied that he endorses this? Was that part of your message? They said that by leaving out context and in the reckless way that I did, um, the implication was in between the lines in my tweets. I didn't quite understand it. I told them, this is a summary of what he said. I was working with a certain yeah. 
limited number of characters. And I still find that how I paraphrase what he said in the actual text of the tweet to be accurate. I agree. Um, they, they, you know, this is my own conjecture, but I think that there is a, um, there's another dimension to the firing beyond what was explicitly said in the meeting. Hmm. Um, I think, I know that for a while now, a lot of my writings for the paper has drawn some controversy because I, I tend to go on topics that a lot of um, that some people, it makes them uncomfortable. I've written about Islamic fundamentalism before okay. that branded myself and the paper by some activists on campus, um, Islamophobic. Of course. Um, yeah. And when I read the report that the Van Gogh wrote the day after I was fired with the long editor's note with my photo and name announcing I was no longer with the organization, I what really troubled me was I was trying to find what was incongruent with this report and then my tweets, because much of the report summarizes what I say in my tweets. <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't find that that um that context that supposedly is so important that that I left out when I read yeah. the report. Well, that's what really bugs me is and you'll see it in your case. You'll see it in some other cases, too. People just say, well, that's out of context. And well, anytime we reduce something to a consumable size, we have taken it out of its full context. What they never did that frustrated me is to demonstrate an ethical breach that they're accusing you of is some type of ethical breach, reckless behavior. You got to show that there's a context that changes the meaning of what the speaker said or, or changes the intent perhaps. But, but all they've said is, oh, it's out of context, but they've not given us the proper context like you're describing. I still have yet to hear that. And it's very frustrating for someone who's an outside observer trying to figure out if you're going to accuse Andy of misrepresenting what he said, you need to tell me what the proper interpretation of what he said is. And I've not seen that. And another thing that uh, was brought up by the student media advisor in the meeting, he's staff with the university was that um, he brought up that I had already gone through um, social justice and media training before, which mm. was a mand mandatory class that all of us have to take um, when we work in student media. And in that we're, talks about um, privileged groups as well as oh, oppressed man. groups and system, systemic oppression. And he brought up that in this political climate, especially with how Muslims and Islam is discussed in the media, I should have known much better than to share what I did. So, so different rules for different groups is what they're saying. Essentially. Dif different know, ethical standards for different groups. Essentially. And yeah. I think... Um, in the days after I was fired, I thought about this more. It came really down to I operate from a different paradigm from yeah. than the, my former colleagues. Uh, for me, I in my reporting, my method methodology, and how I do my multimedia is that I treat um, those that I interview. Um, everybody's treated in, in in an equal egalitarian way, and um, apparently, in this case, doing so was a great sin, actually. Yeah, that, that's. Oh, it, it, as someone who's trying to understand this from afar, I just can't. Uh, I can't understand her perspective and her writing in the piece, in the, the response to your piece in the Vanguard, was. Uh, <laughs> it, it 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 was incoherent at, at times, like co contradictory at times. And I want to get to that in a moment. One of the things that I, I want to hit on too is, 
you know, you keep talking about safety and the political climate and making sure people are protected. And, and according to her writing, the editor's writing, the person who fired you, her chief concern is, is the safety of the speaker, as you had mentioned. And so she had written, my concern then was as it remains now for the safety and well-being of a student whose words were publicized in an irresponsible way by someone I'm confident knows the implications of doing so. What she's saying is, you know, you, you owe a certain level of protection, I guess, or a certain, I, I guess I'm not sure what she thinks you owe this person, but I'm not clear on how she thinks you jeopardized the safety of a guy who made his own choice to go speak publicly. Like if you had some type of recording of a person that was like you were spying on a person or obtained through unethical means, but what do you think, like, is it possible to endanger someone who is voluntarily speaking publicly? And I guess just like, what's your take on the ethical standard of protecting the safety of story subjects like do you think like where's that line and do you think you crossed it i'm guessing you don't but i i don't understand what she means when she's talking about safety for someone who's speaking publicly like this i think there would have been more legitimacy in that accusation if let's say i um identified his name, identified where he lived in a way mm -hmm. that could incite sort of mob violence against him. I didn't okay. do any of that. I knew who he was. But um, the individual on the panel is really, to me, irrelevant to the story. Story. Mm -hmm. What was really important was the ideas being expressed. Yeah. And, and it's important to state that I don't know what his personal views are on the matter. However, I will say that he was speaking in a normative sense of these punishments, and there was no condemnation or criticism or critique of it. Um, and one more thing to add is that um, it's important for me to say that if he's been a victim of any threats, any harassment by people online or in person, I condemn that with the strongest words, and I hope that he's been able to get uh, help the resources on campus. I don't have ill will or a malicious yeah. intent for him at all. And I think it's good that you say that. And I think one of the things that's frustrating is um, what he's what he's doing is he's describing a set of ideas. And I think, I mean, I'm certainly a person who is critical of that set of ideas. Perhaps you are as well. May, I, I don't know your perspective on, on Islam generally. Um, but that's what's frustrating is you're very clear about separating the person from the ideas being expressed. And someone like me is very sympathetic to that. Like I want to be able to look at that guy's ideas and say, I think they're garbage for this reason, or I think they're great for this reason, but it doesn't have any implication on the guy. Like obviously we don't want the, the person to be targeted by targeted for any kind of um, abuse. And, and I don't know how <laughs> absent any kind of call for that to happen. I don't know how they get to the point where they think that's what your intent was. Uh, you got to make a lot of leaps to get from what you wrote to thinking the intent was targeting uh, of the person. I, I, I just can't understand it. A key detail I do think is lost and I'm glad you hit on it too, is like, it's not granted you work for the paper you are an, you are an associate i'm not going to deny that but this was not put out on the portland state vanguard twitter account this was not even formal reporting for the portland state vanguard done by you this is andy the guy spending his free time as you said supporting his friend going out and tweeting what he sees i, I to even to make the connection to the paper to me seems like a leap but you're you, you hit on another 
in, inconsistency that I see that I found frustrating because in her write-up, in her response to you, she says, oh, no, I have, I have no problem with Breitbart picking up these tweets because, you know, Andy can't be held responsible for other publications doing what they want to do that's outside of his control but then on the other hand i've i've heard from you that in the meeting like this was a focal issue and it seems at least according to your testimony that um that that there's she's terrified of breitbart essentially like this is we can't we can't have any links to breitbart or we'll we'll sink or whatever's going to happen but why do you think that why do you think that it appears to be the case that she's publicly saying, oh, we don't, we don't care about Breitbart. They can do what they want. And then saying to you, no, 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 can't have any association with Breitbart. It'd be the worst thing ever. Never, ever have any communication with them or anything like that. So here's the sad irony in all of that. The things that um, I've been told about Breitbart from the Vanguard in the past made me really terrified to have any communication with them. And if you look in how they described um, Breitbart in their report on the interfaith event, they wrote that um, Breitbart is an all-white nationalist publication. Okay. Now, on, um, one of the reporters from Breitbart on April 26th, shortly after I had shared the uh, video tweets, reached out to me and asked me to give more information and to get quotes. And I was so scared because of what I've been told about Breitbart that I declined to comment. Okay. So I didn't. I did not think that there was enough information for him to write a report just based on a few of my tweets. Yeah. So it was a big surprise to me in the weekend to see that a story had been written and written only on, on the, the tweets. And while the tweets were accurate, um, the report was not comprehensive. Right. It didn't have any um, more information for me or any of the other people. So the, the sad irony in it is just because of the fear that had been instilled in me by the vanguard of conservative media, and particularly, particularly Breitbart, that when they broke the story on April uh, 27th, I believe, before Vanguard did, they were able to sort of set the narrative on the event. Yeah. And um, certainly, I think they probably would have got, I don't know, I haven't seen the Breitbart story, actually, so I'm... I, I don't know if there are inaccuracies in it or not to what you're describing there. Um, but the, the other irony is it probably would have been a better quality piece, more accurate to some degree if you had spoken with them. But that that's, that's also the irony is if, if you, if you're going to be let go just for your tweets falling into their hands, certainly you're going to be let go for actually talking to them and providing them with information. So what are you supposed to do other than, I mean, what happens, like, let's put it this way. What happens if, um, you know, you give, you said you, you sent your, your, your tweet with the video to the Vanguard staff who was writing a piece on this. And let's say that that was, that your video was put in that piece and discussed in exactly the same way that you had presented on Twitter. And then Breitbart still picked that up anyway. Like, would you still be punished in that context? Breitbart might write things sourced from the PSU Vanguard. I mean, why, why would that be your fault or the publication's fault? I don't, I don't get that. I think the response of the Vanguard is just, it just shows kind of the inconsistency in how they're going to hold up the, um, what they expect of their contributors, their editors and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, in the past when I asked, um, my editor-in-chief, if there would be as much concern if, for example, I provided comment to BuzzFeed or Slate, yeah, 
compared to conservative media, her response was, um, well, those places are different. So there was definitely a political Ooh. bias. That, that's just disheartening to hear because, I mean, you, what you described is like the ethics standards according to the hierarchy of oppression. Basically, you talk about communication standards depending on the slant of the media. I mean, to me, that this whatever's going on at the vanguard is just a series of double, triple, quadruple, infinite standards. I mean, quality journalism to me, I, you're you're the guy who's in the business, not me, but... I thought it was all about the same standard for everybody. I thought it was all about um, treating everybody equally and fairly. This this sounds like some sort of organization where, okay, we have our friends and we have our enemies and our enemies are never to be spoken to. That doesn't sound like a good recipe for getting quality information to people. It sounds like a propaganda outlet, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm, not, I'm a... not saying about the Vanguard or your work, of course. I'm just saying that's the the kind of thinking that lends itself to that. Yeah, you know, that perception is in the minds of a lot of Americans. Um, the me mainstream media is notoriously uh, viewed with distrust in this country. And I think, um, you know, like, while my story is largely insignificant outside of my small Portland State community, it does point to some larger topics, and um, such as what um, journalistic practices, free speech, yeah. and also the, the discourse around religious fundamentalism. And I think um, I've been really, really overwhelmed by the support um, that's come out um, to speak um, in support of me uh, by strangers from all over the world. And um, what I particularly interest, uh, appreciated about your video was that you didn't take my op-ed at face value, that you really took it apart kind of section by section and also analyzed and cross-examined it with the Vanguard's official response. And I, I really appreciate that in the end, you saw that what happened to me was something that was wrong. Yeah. Good, good work holds up to scrutiny. So, I mean, that, that uh, your compliment of me is a compliment of yourself because the reason that I came down on your side is because I can't, without knowing what happened at the meeting, that's the only thing that's kind of a mystery to me. And you seem like an honest guy. I'm inclined to take your word for it. Um, but other than that, you, you compare these things and your your presentation tends to hold up to scrutiny and, and tends to be much more consistent than the presentation from your editor. Uh, another irony is she's the one who's in control of the, the dissemination of information at the, the Portland State student paper. And you're the one who's looking for work. But in, well, I don't know what's going on, but you're not doing that anymore. But what I wanted to close with, too, is I'm glad to hear that you're getting support. And I want to make sure that I assume this is not the end of Andy, um, Andy in, in journalism or whatever you choose to do. So where are you posting stuff now that people can find you if you are? I want to make sure people are able to follow your work if they're looking for it. Well, if they just want basic contact, um, Twitter is probably the best place. My Twitter handle is Mr. Andy Ngo, M-R-A-N-D-Y-N-G-O. Now, I am a new contributor to National Review, and now I'm also a contributor to The College Fix. Okay. So uh, those are two sites that you can sort of keep an eye out for some of my upcoming uh, upcoming work. And uh, I'm I'm a freelance journalist now, so um, I can pitch to any place. I'm still trying to see uh, what path I ultimately go in. But as of now, I um, am very thankful that um, National Review has welcomed me into its uh, family of contributors. 
That's good to hear, man. And, uh, you know, I definitely believe one door closes and other opens. And I do think that uh, this might be a blessing in disguise for you. As an, Again, as an outside observer, I don't know everything that's going on there. But based on what I've seen, I think you have potential to produce good work that is probably... Uh, best published elsewhere that uh, seems like they might share, <laughs> they might share that perspective too but um i really i, I want to say thanks for for coming on and for sharing your story i think it's a really important story and i think you're exactly right that it's uh it represents a lot more than just what happened at that meeting and what was in that 40 seconds of footage thank you matt and thank you for being a skeptic and also instilling in your listeners that really important um value of just being skeptical of information that we're given and uh, i hope that with um this story will allow people to sort of i hope that the conversation doesn't just end with me being fired and, and people just move on this connects to larger topics yeah and I, i'm glad that the, the conversation is happening well i and i i would like to hear back from you too like whatever you know whenever the next step happens or whatever whenever you've got in, information not only on this story but whatever's going on to share especially you know if you're writing for the college fix and you're covering like campus issues i find to be very fascinating to be honest because um, you know, the, the reason that I've become as passionate on YouTube that I have is because of the cultural assault on free speech. And there is no more formidable battleground than the college campuses. I've seen some footage out of PSU the last couple of years too. That's just uh, hostility to just people talking is, uh, is at dangerous levels. It's going on in my alma mater in Portland sometimes too. Um, and I, and I don't like it. So, uh, if you've got, you know, whenever you've got interesting stories coming out of, coming off of campuses, I'd really like to hear about it. Thank you. And it's a travesty that this assault on free speech has now leaked into student journalism and actually, I would argue, mainstream journalism as well. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope we'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot.